This year as we begin, I want to speak on one word that's just one syllable. There's one word and one syllable I want to put in our hearts today, and it's the word now. I, wanna, I want God to plant the word now in your heart. Some of us are tired of the musty smell of the ineffectual. And we're, we're seeking God do something now. Can I, can I say there is an aroma of now in the air? What do you mean about, by that? You're sensing, you're just feeling, God, I want something in my life now. I'm tired of the way it's always been. I'm tired of doing the, the same pattern, the same cycle, the same mistake the same life. I, I want something new. And there is an aroma of now in the air. Let me, let me explain. Sometimes I go to the airport, flying somewhere. And you know, when you go to the airport, you're, you're, you're thinking about your location, where you're going to be, is the flight going to be on time? Will there be overhead bin space when you get, your, get in there to your seat? And and I'm going to the airport, and I'm walking down the co corridor. I'm, my mind's on flying. My mind's on my activity. And I, cr and I walk by a, a Cinnabon. Okay? Are, are you tracking with me? And I can smell those cinnamon rolls. Not even thinking about a cinnamon roll. Not even. It's not, not even entering my mind. But all of a sudden, I catch the aroma of a cinnamon roll. And I can't go any farther. I just know God's leading me to get that cinnamon roll. The one that's just baptized with all that icing. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, that's, that's the one. You, you ever pick which, you ever tell them which cinnamon roll you want in the pan? You know what I'm talking about? The aroma. Guys, you know what it's what, like to walk outside, you're going to do something, and, or you drive by a place, you walk by someplace, and all of a sudden you smell somebody is smoking brisket. You weren't even thinking about brisket. And you can smell brisket, and you want brisket so bad. I mean, ladies, can I tell you, you go out there, like Denise, you go out there and buy that Channel 5 perfume, smells like flowers and all that. Yeah, we don't want to hear that. But you know what? If you smell like brisket, we'd kiss you more. Bacon, bacon. Put bacon grease behind your ears. We'll nibble on those ears more, you know. That's what, that's what, I'm, men, that's what men crave, I'm telling you right now, to smell a brisket. Can I tell you, it's biblical. In the Old Testament, the Bible says they, they bring the bull and they put it on the, the altar and there's a burnt offering. They're cooking beef. And the Bible says this, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. God loves brisket. There it is. It's in the Bible. I found it. It's in the Bible. The smell of brisket. And all of a sudden you want brisket. Can I tell you, there is an aroma of new in there's a now that's happening. There's in your dreams, in your prayers, in your ambitions, in your, your desire, in the yearning of your heart. Can I even say in your dissatisfaction? God is speaking. He, you've caught an aroma of now. You're saying, I'm tired of the way things have been. I'm tired of the same pattern. I'm tired of the same argument. I'm tired of the same defeat. I want something now, God. You've caught that aroma. You're sensing what God is doing. If you want to now, get rid of your not. 
not me, not this, not that, not now. Some of us are wanting God to do something new, but when a challenge comes, you say, not now. You're on the naughty list. Yes, N-O-T-T-Y. Not me, not now, not right now, not, 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 not. And God is saying in order to have your now get off the naughty list, quit saying no to what God is doing. Don't move in a new year with an old pattern and an old way and an old style and an old excuse. God has something new. There is a a psychological disorder, dysthemia, dysthemia. It's a cousin to depression. It's characterized by what they call low mood, low energy, low pleasure. You're not at the bottom like depression. You're kind of almost, almost there. Dysthemia is, is literally the psychological disorder they they diagnose when somebody's in a rut. Look it up. It's a rut. People just do the same thing. They don't. They they, they lost their their energy. I, I used to like to exercise. I used to like to go to the gym. Used to like this craft. Used to like to vacation. Used to like to go there. Used to like. I don't want to do that anymore. Well, how about no? I don't want to do that. Well, how about that? I'm tired with the way things are. But how about something new? No, I don't want to do that. Dysthemia. You're in a rut. We can get in a rut and just stay there month after month and year after year. Can I suggest to us? God has a new beginning for every one of us now. God has a fresh start for every one of us now. And I invite you to capture the the aroma of God's now in your life. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 1, And if you will stay with me in Mark 1, we're going to read several verses, but I'm going to begin with verse number 1. It reads, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Notice that opening phrase, the beginning. It almost sounds like Genesis 1-1, doesn't it? In the beginning, God has a beginning. This is the beginning of the good news. It's not all the good news. It's not everything Jesus is going to do. It is the beginning. God has a beginning. There are two words that are not in the Bible that's in most books. Two words not in the Bible that are in most books, and it's the words, the end. It's not in the Bible. And somebody's trying to write an end to your story, an end to your dream, an end to your goal. And God is saying, don't accept somebody's the end. When God is engineered, purchased, and brought to you a new beginning, move into God's new beginning. The size of our beginning determines the size of our reward. The size of our beginning determines the size of our reward. To increase the magnitude of our reward, God requires we increase the size of our beginnings. For you see, not all beginnings are created equal. Not all things are the same. Moses' parents, they built a basket in order to save Moses. But God 
But God told Noah, you build an ark that's over 500 feet long. There's sometimes God requires something bigger from us. Sometimes God calls us to a bigger moment, a bigger beginning, a bigger step, a bigger opportunity. In the Gospel of Mark, I want to share with you briefly this morning what I'm going to call requirements for a new beginning. You've caught the aroma of now, and God has a beginning for you. In Mark, there are four requirements for a beginning. Requirement number one is doing something for the first time. If you're going to have a beginning, you're going to have to do something for the very first time. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's something you have to do for the very first time. What is God talking to you about doing for the very first time? What has God been speaking to you about? Has God been talking to you about getting your degree? And you've said, no, I can't do that. I don't have time. I'm too old. I'm too busy. I'm too preoccupied. I don't think I'm smart enough. Has God been talking to you about Has God been speaking to you about starting a business? Has God been talking to you about, about tithing for the first time? Just stepping. What is God saying, talking to you in your heart? Then you have to do something for the very first time. Young adults, are you in a cycle of bad relationships? And you just came out of a recent breakup? How about a breakout this time? How about stopping that pattern? How about stopping that pattern? Doing something different for the very first time. For the very first time. Setting, setting your values on the front end of the relationship and not once you're in the relationship. If you're going to have a beginning, there's going to have to be something you do for the very first time. Number two requirement is taking a new step. If you're going to have a beginning, you have to take a new step. It, it almost seems obvious to us. I want a beginning, then, then take a, a new step. Mark chapter 1, verse number 9. It says, and, and at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth into Galilee and was baptized by John in Jordan. Notice this, Jesus came from Nazareth. There were steps involved. Did you see that? Jesus came from Nazareth into Galilee. There has to be a first step. Now, we all know Jesus was born. We just covered this in the, in the, in the Christmas season. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth. But to be baptized, he had to go to Jordan. Those who have been with, to Israel with us, we've taken you to the, to the very spot. It's believed that, that John baptized Jesus. The very spot. Now, it would be very easy to think, okay, I was born in Bethlehem. God, I, Mary and Joseph brought me to Nazareth to to be raised. So everything that God wants needs to come to Nazareth to see me. If you want to see Jesus, you want to hear Jesus, come, come to Nazareth. Everything God's ever going to do is going to happen in Nazareth. No, it didn't happen. He had to walk some distance. Up hills, down hills, through valleys. It's quite a distance to go from, from Nazareth. I've been there. 
to the Jordan. He traveled the distance. You know, sometimes it's easy to say, if God wants me to do it, he'll make it happen. That's an excuse. If God really wants it to happen, he'll make it easy for me. If God wants me to be baptized, he's going to have John get water and bring it to me and haul it all the way to Nazareth. No, it doesn't happen that way. And sometimes we think, if God's going to do something new, God's in it if it's easy, if it's quick, and there's no sacrifice. That is wrong. The Bible says Jesus took a step. He moved out of Nazareth and he went to the river Jordan. And God is saying to us, we have to take a step. We have to move out. We have to do something different. It's recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse number 29, that here it is, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, he's there telling the people, I don't know who the Messiah is, but when he comes, he's going he's to redeem people from their sins. I don't know who he is, but I'll tell you one thing about him. John says, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelaces. Who is he? I don't know. I'm not the one. But when he comes, verse number 29 of John chapter 1, all of a sudden Jesus crests the hill and John says, Behold the Lamb of God. That man will take away the sin of the world. What was it about Jesus? What was it about him that John, who didn't know who it was, identified him? All it says in verse number 29, Jesus came walking. Jesus walked different from any other man. Let me talk to the men a moment. Jesus walked different from other men. That's how you're going to know God's in it. That's how he discovered That man walks different. That has to be the one. Fellas, God is calling us to walk different from culture. God is telling us to not laugh at the jokes that the guys tell on the job. God is telling us, God is speaking to us men, walk different from the men around you. Take a step. Step out. And Jesus, and Jesus came to the River Jordan. He took a step. It was Neil Armstrong when that lunar craft landed on the moon. He stepped out and Walked on the moon, memorialized these poetic words, one step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. There's some steps that are big. Your next step could be life-changing. Your next step, your next step, if you will take a step, it could be life-changing. But God, it has to be easy. I... God, if you're in it, it has to be easy. No. No, if God's in it, it probably won't be easy. I do not ask to walk a smooth path or bear an easy load. I pray for strength and fortitude to climb the rock-strewn road. Give me such courage that I can scale the hardest peaks alone. And transform every stumbling block into a stepping stone. Yes, take a step. Even if it's challenging, take a step. Number three requirement for a new beginning is getting started. Getting started. Yeah. 
Some of us, you know, we have a to-do list that we've not done. <laughs> we have a to-do list. But last year, it was a wish list. And we moved it from the wish list to the to-do list. And you're thinking about putting it on the not-to-do list. <laughs> yeah. You know, they tell us the top resolution, New Year's resolutions, get out of debt, eat better, and lose weight. They also say the three top New Year's resolutions that people break are getting out of debt, eating better, and losing weight. <laughs> yeah, put my name on that list. You know what I'm talking about. We, we, we just don't get started. We just don't get started. Mark chapter 1, verse 27, and it says, capture this, the people were all amazed and they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Did you capture that? Jesus came and he says, it's not business as usual. It's going to get started. My people may not obey me, but the demons were going to obey me. We're going to get this thing going. He has a new teaching with authority, and even the impure spirits click their heels and say, it's going to be God's way. Get started. Get started in what God has for you. We're all kind of <laughs> guilty of procrastination. I, I will tell you, I'm guilty of pro-caffeination. That's my word. What do you mean? It's hard for me to get started without my first cup of coffee. I'll call it pro-caffeination. You know what I'm talking about? Need to do and need to, need to and get up in the morning. Well, the first thing I need to do is I need to push that button on that Keurig. I need that first cup of coffee. Have you ever thought about taking that cup out and putting a cup in it and so you could drink Start drinking before it's even. Am I the only one that's ever thought about that, ever, ever done that? You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes after the first cup, you really need a second cup too. That's pro-caffeination. That's all right. You've had your espresso. Now let's espresso. Let's get going. Let's get going. Break out of procrastination. Get started. Get started. Don't just have it on your wish list, your to-do list. If God is saying it, God is speaking it, then, then do it. Get started. Get started. Denise, she has a new car. And that, that, boy, that car, I mean, the seats are air-conditioned and heated. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I never imagined that they would ever manufacture a car with the seats or air conditioned and heated. The only thing it doesn't have is a Keurig in it. If it one of these days they're going to have where I can just put a Keurig in, I can get my espresso right there while driving down the road. But I mean, it has it. She can talk to it. She doesn't have to push a button. She just said, Siri, where's Walmart? Well, what Walmart do you want? He'll come here. It talks back and never sasses her. She likes talking to it. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Has buttons to 
cruise control and adjust and screen coming up and it's well what's this mean and she's explaining I'm driving it the other day and she's explaining what it is all this stuff but it doesn't matter what it does it doesn't go anywhere without a starter yeah you start doesn't matter what all you believe you you can tell me man I, I believe in this and I believe in that, and I believe, and I'm praying for this. I'm great. What'd you get started? Well, I haven't done anything yet, Pastor. Yeah. When a car's starter's not working, it's cranky. Kind of like most church people, you know. They, they don't get started. They don't, they don't, they're going, they, they don't pray. They're cranky. They don't follow, they don't obey God, they're cranky. They don't get started. Have you ever had to replace a starter? No, I'm not talking about going down to the garage. I'm talking about really crawling under a car. You crawl under that car and you, you get the 916s and there's usually two of those bolts you can get out with that 916s, but there's always one, that wrench won't fit. And you get the socket and you can't hardly see it. You reach up there, but... You don't always have the right extension and to get the ratchet on it. And so you're trying to, and you're done, and you finally get it loose. Then you're up there with your fingers, and you're turning that last bolt with that 9. You can't get that 9 16th on it, and you lose all the skin off your knuckles. You know what I'm talking about? Lose all the skin off your knuckles. You know, guys, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you get it back on, but you don't have the 9 16th. Now you need the half-inch wrench to put that battery cable that feeds down there to it and you tighten that with a half inch yeah can I tell you you can't download that from the cloud yeah somebody's got to crawl under it sometimes to get things started you just have to you have to focus in on it some of us we believe all the right stuff our starter is broken and the Holy Spirit would say to you, get started. Just get started. Jesus comes with a new teaching. And he's saying, it's not going to be plaques on your refrigerator. And it's not going to be little decals that you post on your Facebook. This one we're going to do. We're going to get started. And even the impure spirits believed and obeyed him. Requirement number four for a new beginning is doing something additional it requires something additional from you some of us have sat through the message oh i do <laughs> it's not for me I'd, i i i have christian music i listen to and i i'm in church today and i we've talked about all the stuff we do i'm there i'm there you checked all the boxes all the boxes but God said there's something additional. You want a new beginning? It requires something additional. Verse number 38, Mark 1. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Did you ever notice that? Also. This is why I've come. Been easy. But the people say, you know, Jesus, 
you're here, things are better since you're here. <laughs> Just stay here. We'll put your room up. Yes. We, we've rented you a room down at the Best Eastern down the road there. We got your room. Stay here. And Jesus said, no. I've got to go to other villages and preach there also. There's an also for every one of us. You've done, you've done, you've done. And God says, also. A new beginning is created by something additional. Dreams, prayers, ambitions, best efforts are buried in a graveyard that I'll call only. The graveyard of only is decorated with the tombs of dreams, ambitions, efforts, people's best hopes. Because God said to them, also, and they said, only. I'm only going to do this. I'll only go so far. I'll only get so involved. I'll only do this. I'm not doing all that other. I'm not that kind of person. This is the only thing I will do. And the graveyard of only becomes the tombstone of dreams, visions, hopes, ambitions. Why? Because God had an also, and they lived out an only, only. I pastored in San Antonio several decades. You don't pastor in a community that long that you don't have connection with people and see people in all seasons of life. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm there at the birth of babies, and I remember when those parents, when some of them were born. I've been there, been there. I'm down at the courthouse one day. Can't even recall while I'm there. I'm, I'm just walking down the corridor of the courthouse and somebody catches me. Pastor Jim Ryan, is that you? Yeah. He introduces himself. Ah, salt and pepper, black, gray hair. I know. several decades several decades I remember when they called Denise and I over and we went over to have dinner with them and they sat down and the reason we were at dinner pastor we just want you to know I just we just got a new promotion and uh, we got a new car really great well God's blessed us and we just don't we just don't think we're going to be able to go to church like we used to. we got a lot going on and new car. We, we just, we're kind of in a new season when believers try to cover up something they're doing. They just call it a season. I'm in a new season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just remind you, some seasons things die, okay? There's, some, there's at least one season of the year things die in. We're just, we're blessed. 
and we're in a new season. Little drive to the church. We're just not going to drive that far anymore because we're in a new season. Okay? What can you do? There are little kids just running around. I still see them right now. We're sitting at that oak dinner table in their dining room. And their little kids just run. I see it to this day. Fast forward. Now, salt and pepper hair. He captures, he said, Pastor Jim, that's you. Would you pray for our son? No sooner did they say that, they opened the doors to the courthouse. And I saw the judge's bench there. And I saw a young man. He used to be a little kid in an orange suit with handcuffs behind his back. Got delivered a sentence. He's going to spend a couple decades plus in prison for a gruesome crime. They're never going to hold grandchildren from that boy. That boy won't be at Thanksgiving dinners. That boy won't be at Christmas. That boy's thanks that boy's mother's day letter and father's day letter will be postmarked from a state prison. It's terrible. And they made a choice. They were in a season and they were going to only do this for God because of blessing. I'll tell you. Ask them that day. Their blessing was not a blessing. Because when God said also, they said only. Don't give God an only if he's asking you for an also. With, for an also. Guys, what's God been speaking to you? What's he been pulling at your heart? Don't give God an only. God needs your also. Spirit, I sense your presence in this room. I sense a sobering presence in this room. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I sense your presence. I sense, Lord, you're awakening our hearts. I sense many have caught the aroma of a now. But in order to have their now, they must throw away their only. Holy Spirit, I can't, I can't force anything. I believe you're shining the light of conviction and awareness in hearts. I pray for families. Pray for young adults. young adults that have the tendency to just bounce around like clicking on the internet in their spiritual diet and their search for a church here they click on this church for a little bit and here a little bit and they never put roots down yeah they just window shop they're not fruitful because they just bounce around 
I speak to them, God. I speak to them. People that use the word season as an excuse to reduce their commitment to God. God, by your spirit, call us to you. Now. Now we will begin. Men, pray with me. Now I will begin. Now I will do it. Now I will start devotion. Now I will, I will stand up. Now I will, I will take that step of faith. Now I will be different. Now I will walk with God. Now I will establish values. I will step into God's now. Mm, Holy Spirit bowed and eyes closed some of you just by an upraised hand men in particular say I believe God's dealing with me God's dealing with me he's, he's put an also on my heart and I'm going all in with God upraised hand yes sir that's you yes sir yes sir somebody else How about ladies? Families. How about young adults? Is that you? I just sense God's wanting something also from me that I haven't yet given him. If that's you, just indicate by an upraised hand. Thank you. As it were, God, this Sunday is an altar. An altar in which we say we're all in. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I pray, God, those that have raised their hand, those that have indicated that, you'll encourage them, strengthen them, there will be a pushback. It won't be easy. Jesus had to walk to Jordan. It won't be easy. We're not asking you to make it easy, God. We're just asking you to make it fruitful. And I pray for them. And I encourage their spirits in the Lord. And I speak God's goodness and 